0: Welcome to the Sensual Artistry Podcast, exploring erotic awakenings and liberated love. I'm your host, Luna Agnea, a sensual arts and intimacy facilitator, relationship coach, tantrika, and artist with a passion for the path of liberation through love. In this podcast, you will receive firsthand stories of sacred erotic awakenings transformational experiences, and love that goes beyond limits. This podcast is here to inspire, educate, and awaken your own sensual artist. Because when you liberate your eros, you liberate your life. Hello, everybody. So I'm inspired today to talk a little bit about the difference between tantra neo-tantra um, and sacred sexuality <laughs> uh and yeah just go into a little bit around like this misappropriation of the word tantra and um you know what what tantra kind of really means (laughs) Uh, because there's a lot of confusion about this and it's been a topic um, that yeah just the last days I've been in a few conversations in different groups about it and it seems to be a bit of a hot topic at the moment so I thought I would just um, share a little bit about it for those of you wondering and hoping to yeah provide maybe a bit of a resource through this or a bit of clarity for some people um, who might be confused about like what even is Tantra, Um, what's the difference and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) So yeah, to to start off with like a, a lot of people now when they hear Tantra, like if you talk to the average person uh, on the street that uh, has maybe come across the word. What comes to a lot of people's mind is erotic massage, um, genital massage, that that kind of tantra massage uh, idea comes to mind. Or yeah, like a type of sacred sexuality, spiritual sex, um, some kind of you know, practice of moving sexual energy and uh, working with the energy body uh, while having sex with someone. And these are beautiful things that I love um, and are very powerful tools, but they are, yeah, have debatable origins uh, with the actual system and uh, spiritual path of Tantra. So, you know, I, I realized the other day, it's been nine years since I went to my first Tantra workshop. Um, I'd heard of Tantra before then. I bought a book in um, Nepal about it. And I don't know, I had kind of heard of it in some way and tried to just do it myself of like circulating orgasmic energy. Um, and remember, I've managed to do it once and I was quite excited. Um And yeah, so I, you know, I've got quite some years of experience in both the neo-tantra kind of modern tantra world, as well as um, the more traditional tantra world, especially the last few years I've been um, studying with Christopher Wallace, who is a tantric historian, um, who wrote the amazing book Tantra Illuminated which is a great one to read if you're interested in the history of Tantra. It gives you like an amazing background into like everything you need to know. Um, I think he's writing a new book that's going to be a bit easier to read and a little bit more accessible for the average person because it is a huge book and it's really deep and it's really quite intense, um, which is amazing for people like me who are philosophy nerds and love nerding out on this. But for the average person, it was like a little bit much. So he's doing a simplified version, Um, but Anyway, so I've been studying with him. So my understanding of what classical Tantra and what original Tantra is comes from me studying with him for a few years now, Um, you know, the books and the courses that I've done uh, around that, uh, having, you know, now studied some of the original tantras and some of the original practices of philosophy and that kind of thing. But I'm not always going to be 100% accurate because this is a massive topic. Uh, you know, we're talking about thousands of years of history of this spiritual tradition and most of it being lost um, and a lot of it being oral tradition. And, you know, a lot of Western teachers that kind of say that they studied with someone in the Himalayas and who knows if that's actually true or not. And yeah, so it's, um, (laughs) you know, a a big can of worms to open. So yeah, I just wanted to preface by saying that like, I might not always have 100% accurate (laughs) understanding of this, but I'm pretty sure my, my understanding is pretty good from now. Um, so yeah, a lot of people think that Tantra equals Tantra massage, um, and spiritual sex. What I've been hearing is that uh, tantra massage was actually invented in Berlin in the 70s uh, as a type of therapeutic erotic massage. Um, Obviously, you know, there's always been issues as a sex worker to say that your work is, um, you know, erotic massage or something like that. So to avoid censorship, and because it did have these elements of like yoga and connection, stuff like that, it started being called tantra massage, and got very popular. Uh, Some people do believe that there is a type of Kashmiri massage technique that very closely resembles what they're doing in Tantra massage. Um, Some people say that, yeah, like a lot of Ayurvedic baby massages and uh, different massage techniques that are in the Indian traditions are quite similar. So there is some like base in that. Um, But yeah, it's not like a very clear thing to say that like these kind of sensual, sexual or, uh, you know, genital massages actually are tantric at all, or um, based in actual tantra. So, you know, from the get go, a lot of what people believe is Tantra, um, or what they initially think of when they think of Tantra is quite inaccurate. Also, a lot of people think Kama Sutra is Tantric, but that's not actually Tantric as well. That's like a kind of separate Indian-based sex position manual um, that isn't from the Tantric tradition. Uh, So... A lot of what you can find in tantric scriptures that has to do with sex um, or like sex practices is some very advanced like initiation rituals that involve, um, you know, people having sex with like uh, some other initiate or sometimes the guru or sometimes, um, you know, a kind of like priestess type figure. Uh, and it's very much for the purpose of enlightenment and letting go of, um, you know, any aversions or any disgust or something. It's, you know, definitely not as focused on being sexy and sensual. Um, yeah the tantric tradition does a lot of work with sexual energy and moving the sexual energy through the body and stuff like that but it's definitely not the same as this kind of more um orgasmic sensual pleasurable like focusing on having better orgasms and stuff it's Focused on like meditative techniques and of really transforming that sexual energy into aliveness in the body and using it to kind of break through blockages that you might have um, in your energy body. And yeah, exploring ways to use that sexual energy for, you know, life, for creativity, for, you know, creating. I don't know, I would say like higher states of awareness, but, uh, yeah, we try to avoid saying higher and, uh, <laughs> you know, that like one's better than the other, but like expanded states of awareness, perhaps you could say. Um, and yeah, so, you know, it's not as clear that some of the stuff that we're doing in Neo Tantra or modern Tantra, uh, is, you know, that traditional, but, A lot of these modern um, sexual yoga kind of stuff, I mean, it's still working with the chakras and the energy body and the central channel and applying a lot of the principles that you find in other tantric practices, but often kind of making it more sexy. Uh, which personally I love. Like, I, you know, as a lot of people know, I teach this. I have online courses for like sacred self pleasure and um, sacred sexuality and stuff. And I think they're incredibly powerful and beneficial practices to learn. But yeah, kind of, yeah, still uh, being debated if they have much uh, link to what people were actually doing a few thousand years ago in the height of Tantra. So what kind of stuff were tantrikas doing then? Um, I mean, it's a lot of meditation, not just seated meditation, but like movement meditations, um, in the Bhairava Tantra, which is one of the most famous, um, tantric texts that has lots of practices. There's a lot of different things, uh, you know, like breath techniques using breath holds, um, there's you know, techniques like uh this practice Deha Shudi where you're like imagining burning, uh like visualizing that your body is burning and you're burning away all your ego and your stories and your attachment to your body and stuff like that. Um They have sensory deprivation ones. So this is quite funny because as some people know, I have a course about tantric kink. And uh, (laughs) one of the things I often see, like people that are into classical tantra, like most heavily criticizing uh, in the neo-tantra world is tantric kink or conscious kink or people linking kink and tantra. But actually, uh, and this is what I speak about in the art of tantric kink. Actually, there are rituals that involve like meditating uh, while you pierce your body uh, and meditating on that pain and sensory deprivation and sensory activation. Um, So these are things that we do in kink, like I don't so much do the piercing rituals. I know urban tantra, they do that. Um, But I do the same kind of meditation with uh, candle wax, which is a similar, very sharp, hot, intense sensation. And, you know, we meditate on that. Um, So yeah, there's practices like that. Um, Yeah, it's just a, a lot of it is more like internally focused. And also like, you know, a lot of it's the study of consciousness and how thoughts emerge and how to dissolve like stories and how to dissolve attachments and become more free um, and a more free liberated version of yourself. So Tantra was very, very much a solo practice. Um, Tantra, you know, it's more like, you know, the more traditional yogas um, with, you know, meditation and breath work and, um, you know, it's more focused on your own personal awakening. And yeah, there wasn't as much, you know, there was a very small amount of things that were really that you do with other people. So, you know, a lot of what we see in modern neo tantra, and what people think of with tantra is so much partnered work. But actually, that was the thing that was like a very, very tiny amount of uh, the practices in tantra. Almost everything was solo practices. So um, this is the kind of major main <laughs> separation, I guess you could say, uh, between you know the original tantra and you know what's being taught now. Uh, so yeah, in Tantra, they had like kind of two paths, I guess you can say. There's like the path of awakening and liberation. Uh, and then there's the path of Boga, which is like the path of pleasure. So there was just a lot of people that used Tantra even back thousands of years ago, um just to have a better life and to have a more like spiritual, embodied, um nice life. And that that was considered a very valid you know, reason to practice Tantra. And that's what you Neo-Tantra know, is for. It's helping people have more pleasure, have a better life, um, have a more enjoyable experience uh, being a human and that's an amazing thing Uh, but then there was also more of the focus on uh, awakening and you know liberation and becoming enlightened Um, so yeah the last episode I was speaking a bit more about that kind of stuff of awakening and liberation on the tantric path so yeah so we have you know, this path of pleasure. Um, and there was, you know, sex magic, there were love rituals, there was like more black magic kind of stuff happening in ancient Tantra as well. There were more shamanic types of Tantra people, uh, getting like magical powers from doing these practices where then they could kind of, um, manipulate reality, uh, to their benefit. So, you know this is another thing where some people you know say like oh this stuff they're doing in neo-tantra isn't really tantra but i mean if you're comparing to the path of liberation and the more i guess you could call it like clean tantra of the old days uh then yeah it's it's very different but actually there was a lot of people even thousands of years ago using tantra for having more pleasure more power um you know, getting these like kind of psychic abilities and stuff, which is more what people are doing these days. in that scene, like a lot of people are uh, learning these techniques to become better lovers, to be able to manifest anything they want, like use sex magic to make heaps of money and have a really beautiful, sexy life. Um, So, you know, also there's not, (laughs) you know, it's not completely not... (laughs) what they were doing before like there is um you know similarities so you know i saw someone comment on a post like you know like oh what people are doing in neo tantra now has like absolutely nothing um related to actual tantra and i'm like well you know it's probably a bit um, full on to say absolutely nothing there is quite a lot of overlap um depending on like what it is that you're looking at what what kind of Uh, aspect of tantra because tantra you know was going for thousands of years and there was lots of lineages and each of these lineages were doing different things so um, I think yeah people can also get a bit you know protective and defensive and um, you know there are problematic things happening in the neo-tantra world and there are abusive people and um, so obviously can benefit to, to be like that's not at all Tantra and Tantra is this beautiful, clean, nice, shiny thing that you know doesn't uh, chase power it doesn't do this. but um, from my understanding of the history of Tantra, that's not actually true. <laughs> like uh, this this has been a thing that was uh, always happening in the, the tantric world that some people would use this uh, for pleasure and power and some people would use it for awakening. Uh, so, yeah, then I guess we get to sacred sexuality. Um, now that I've spoke a bit about kind of classic Tantra and Neo Tantra. So, yeah, sacred sexuality is the term I now use and try to encourage others to use when we're talking about doing these sexuality based practices and intimacy based practices, because um, that's the parts that are you know, utilizing, uh, tantric practice and utilizing tantric elements, but, you know, essentially it's, it's almost its own modality. Now it's a, it's a separate thing. It's amazing. It's powerful. It's beautiful. There's so much to learn from sacred sexuality, having beautiful, spiritual, deep, uh, sexuality and using energy body practices. It's, Uh, freaking amazing. Um, And also, you know, when we call it Tantra, then we are kind of, I don't want to say cheapening, but we're distorting uh, what Tantra is. And this becomes problematic because, you know, if you go on Instagram and you type in hashtag Tantra, a lot of softcore porn pops up. A lot of, um, you know, white Western sexual things pop up, and you know there are still a lot of people in India, in Burma, in uh, Indonesia, like all around the world, as well as Westerners that practice more traditional Tantra. And, you know, for them, Tantra means something very different. And, you know, it's their spiritual path. It's like Buddhism. It's, you know, it's like, if you, if you went to a hashtag of Buddhism, and suddenly there was a bunch of white people having sex, you'd be like, what the fuck that doesn't belong here? Like, sure, Buddhists have sex, but that doesn't, (laughs) you know, that doesn't reflect Buddhism. So yeah, I think there is you know this recognition that needs to happen when as white Westerners start using the word tantra and hashtag tantra and stuff for heavily sexual things. That there are people whose you know kind of spiritual path slash religion is tantra, and um, that this negatively impacts them. I mean, tantra was like banned on Instagram for a while. They've overwritten that and taken away the ban. But like, you know, can you imagine if you were a Buddhist and you can't even look up Buddhism because it's been banned because a bunch of white people put porn up there? Like, that's not cool. So I, you know, really think that we need to make a push for calling um, the more sexual, sacred sexuality stuff exactly that um there's also issues with that because you know if you write sexuality then you get banned on facebook as well and uh there's you know problems around that which is why you know we almost need a new term of something that's like able to address sacred sexuality that's not using tantra but is accessible but the problem is yeah like most people um they want to just look up, oh, I want a Tantra workshop and they want to find sacred sexuality there. So, you know, this has just become a very complex <laughs> web that's being been created um, because, yeah, like I've talked to some other people doing this work and they're like, yeah, well, like I kind of want to honor Tantra and not use the word Tantra, but like people are looking for sacred sexuality and they're looking up Tantra and they're like looking up a Tantra workshop and, you know, all these other sacred sexuality teachers are popping up and we don't want to do a disservice to our offerings by not being able to reach the people that are looking for our work just because they're looking for the word Tantra and we have resistance to using it. Um, So a lot of us are opting for kind of maybe having a catchy title with the word Tantra and then taking time in our offerings and in our courses to go a bit deeper into what tantra is so for example we do this in the art of tantra kink like obviously Tantric is in the title Um, and then very soon in our descriptions we're saying this is neo-tantra and sacred sexuality with tantric elements with some classical tantra practices Um, and we try to you know take time to actually reference tantric texts uh, that have to do with the practices and um, make sure we add like this education element so people that are buying our course have more awareness around what tantra is uh, when they're looking it up. Uh, and when they're, you know, going about the world. So trying to kind of, yeah, give some, (laughs) some education in there. I think it's something that's going to take a bit of time uh, for people to stop using uh, Tantra to describe sacred sexuality. But yeah, it's, it's gotta happen somehow. (laughs) And it's gotta move in some way. And, you know, I know, for myself, I'm like, well, if there's so many people calling their work Tantra, that has nothing to do with Tantra. And then what I'm teaching actually is a lot more, uh, Tantric, <laughs> you know, not that it's this competition, but you know, like I have spent the time understanding Tantra and Tantric philosophy. I practice traditional Tantra. Um, you know, I think it does more of a service to the Tantric lineage for, like my work to kind of show up in that um pool of offerings rather than just a bunch of people selling um you know erotic massage stuff and and calling that tantra so hmm. <laughs> As you can see, quite a, a little web. I hope that this hasn't been a bit too much of a mindfuck listening to it because I know there's quite some tangents here. Um, but it's, yeah, it's really interesting um, kind of witnessing all this and trying to figure out like how to navigate it as ethically as possible. Um, yeah, like when I was first putting out The Autotantric Tantra Kink with Sonia, Uh, we were having quite some processes around like, is it okay to use tantric kink? And like, oh my God, are the classical tantra people going to think I'm an idiot? And are they going to not want to be my friends? And am I going to get rejected from the community because uh, I do, you know, this tantric kink and, you know, really feeling this like justifying to myself of being like, yeah but like it actually is very tantric Uh, it's actually a lot more tantric than like a lot of the other things um that are out there in the neo-tantra world and I really you know truly have um integrated those teachings and those practices like into my my tantric practice and I did my best in offering this Uh, course to, you know, honor the lineage as well as, you know, be clear that it's this kind of modern interpretation. But um, yeah, there really is uh, a lot of kind of angst and hatred now towards uh, the Neo Tantra world that I'm kind of seeing from more of the yogic classic Tantra world. Um, A lot of people kind of saying that, you know, it's, like neo tantra is all just like hedonistic self-indulgent blah blah and you know it's all got nothing to do with tantra and um yeah but it was interesting when I was at this tantra retreat I was talking to a lot of other people that were much more from like the yoga meditation side that hadn't done neo tantra work and hadn't done any sacred sexuality work and a lot of them like really, we actually needing this work. Um, they, the kind of issues that they were facing and the kind of things that they were experiencing when I was having conversations with people that were th- probably the type to be these people criticizing and judging sacred sexuality. Like a lot of them, like, wow, actually like a lot of what we're doing in Neo Tantra would really benefit you. Um, but I think what we need is more teachers in this field, um, that are in sacred sexuality and neo-tantra that are taking the time to properly study uh, classic tantra and to get to become familiar with the lineages and the original teachings and to find a way to integrate that. Um, you know, for me, a lot of it is just, you know, I, I love tantric philosophy. I'm such a nerd for it. I'm just like all the time, like give me all the, the wisdom and, you know, um, so I really try to integrate that into everything, even if it's just like, When I'm doing a play fight workshop, like there's always these elements of like, "Mm, how can I bring in uh, these? kind of core wisdom insights into this workshop, even if it's, I'm not selling it as a Tantra thing, that's not technically a Tantra event or something, that there's always ways that I can bring in these ideas and these concepts and um, help people to feel more free and liberated and to um, become, you know, more aware of uh, different elements of their being and the way that they're holding on to concepts and stories about themselves. And there's lots of beautiful ways that you can really bring in classical tantric wisdom to all of this work um, even you know the way that I'm guiding a simple eye gazing practice has really deepened and changed uh, originally you know to just be like yeah just look into each other's eyes and relax and you know yourself connecting and stuff. And and now when I'm guiding eye gazing, it's really getting people to tune into like, what is the thing doing the witnessing? What is it that's the same in this other set of eyes and the same as you? And what is it when consciousness becomes aware of itself while it looks into the eyes of another and, you know, this gateway into <laughs> the other person's soul? And can you see that you're not separate? And, you know, these kind of cues and a practice like eye in can suddenly become like this non-dual awakening experience of recognizing, um, your own essence nature through another person. And I think there's a lot of potential in sacred sexuality work to be able to offer people, um, this deeper wisdom and, You know, just plant some seeds that then will blossom in different ways in people's uh, consciousness over time, Uh, because, yeah, a lot of people that come to sacred sexuality work and come seeking Tantra, like at first they don't realize that what they're really looking for and what we're all looking for deep down is this like authentic expression and deep understanding of what we are and you know what is the point of being alive what is our purpose like all these big existential questions that tantra beautifully answers for us um, or you know gets us to answer for ourselves And yeah, like when people come seeking sacred sexuality, they're, uh, you know, looking for a doorway into that, they're trying to figure out like, you know, what is this whole intimacy business? What is this whole business of being in a body? And, you know, why pleasure? And Uh, a lot of people through sex have these first initial experiences of non-duality and merging and uh, losing their ego and melting into oneness with another person. So a lot of people get this little glimmer of like, oh, there's something here. There's something in sex and something in orgasm that like is deeply spiritual and is deeply powerful. And they're trying to understand that they're trying to figure out like, what is it that I love so much about these orgasmic moments and about sex? Like, what is it in that? I know it's not just that it feels good. Like they know that there's something in that experience that is a key um, to understanding life and understanding themselves. They understand that, you know, they're, yeah, it's this like glimmer and this like, "Mm, there's something there and I can't put my finger on it and I want to understand it and I want to experience that more fully. So they come seeking sacred sexuality or what they call tantra. Uh, And that's such a beautiful window for us um, teachers and facilitators to be able to nurture that and guide people into like, yeah, there is something beneath this. There's something beneath this, pleasure of uh, connection and there's something in this orgasmic experience that isn't just a fun moment of uh, enjoyment there's this taste of the eternal now there's this experience of egolessness and deep connection and uh, a deep power of you know kundalini life force that they taste um and they they want more of that so then we can start to guide them in like yeah how do you cultivate that not just in love making but in more areas of your life and that then st- You know, really takes people on this path of wanting to understand more about the nature of reality and consciousness, and wanting to cultivate their energy bodies. And you know, if the motivating factor in that is like, I want to have better sex and more pleasure, then like, that's great. That's a great motivation to get people to you know meditate and to uh, do spiritual practice. Like, you know, if the fact that they're just kind of numb and bored from life isn't motivation enough to want to sit down on a meditation pillow every day or go to some meditation retreats or something, then like maybe the desire for better sex is going to be that motivational force. Um, And I think that's magical and and brilliant. It's a brilliant way that consciousness uh, uses the motivation of sex and pleasure to get people to seek out spirituality, um, on a deeper level. So it's a beautiful opportunity for, um, yeah, teachers and facilitators and coaches and therapists or anyone that, uh, is you know, exploring, um, tantric spiritual work uh, to be able to utilize this gateway and this moment where people are seeking, um, to invite them deeper into themselves and into presence and into connection and, um, to allow that to be, yeah, a way to usher people into a deeper understanding of themselves. Yeah. So I hope that has, yeah, maybe given people a little bit more Understanding of these different, uh, terms. I think the last thing I wanted to mention, um, yeah, a colleague of mine was saying about, you know, stopping using the word puja, uh, cause recognizing that it was perhaps not being, you know, used appropriately. And this is the thing with a, a lot of Sanskrit words and, uh, words in general, there's, you know, this debate on, what is the correct use? What is appropriation? Um, you know, where are we disrespecting, uh, the tradition and where are we honoring it and, and, and all that. Um, and, you know, I know there's probably people out there that see my work and, you know, consider it to be appropriation. Um, and, you know, maybe there's some elements there. I, you know, I'm doing my decolonizing internal work and trying to, um recognize where I'm contributing to that as well. And you know, I always open reflections, um, I always open myself to reflections and feedback if people feel that um they're not okay with uh, what I'm doing or or they think it could be done better or differently. Um yeah, so the the beautiful thing and the thing I love Um, also about tantra is that it was always very inclusive it didn't matter um, what skin color you had or where you were from like if you were genuinely devoted to truth and to awakening then you could always become a tantrika. and if you you know, had this passionate longing in your heart to know the truth and to wake up, then, um, you know, you would be allowed initiation. And, you know, to even mention race or, um, you know, gender or caste or anything like that could actually get people like kind of kicked out of their schools uh, because it was, you know, meant to just be that we all relate essence to essence. So, Yeah, I think it's um, a lot of people that want to say that, you know, if you're white, if you're Western, you can't use the word Tantra, you can't use the word yoga, you're not allowed to teach it, you're not allowed. um, That comes from like a little bit of a misunderstanding, I think, of, you know, what the spiritual tradition is, like the awakened, enlightened masters and gurus and stuff, like, they wanted all beings to be free. They wanted all beings to wake up. Um, but I think where, yeah, the issue is is a lot of people, you know, using the terms when they really have no connection to any lineage or no understanding at all. Um, you know, I was one of these people, I remember having like a uh, circ tantric performance when, you know, I'd done a few tantra workshops and I honestly didn't know that much about it at the time. And, you know, it was a creative expression and stuff, but, you know, I was using the term inappropriately at the time. Um, so I think there is definitely a line there. Like I've met people that like, even their Instagram name is like tantric, blah, blah. And when I talk to them, they're like, they never had a Tantra teacher and they, you know, or they've gone to an ISTA, which isn't even a Tantra training. It's a shamanic sexual training, Um, you know, and they're like, oh yeah, that, that means I I know about Tantra. And I'm like, (laughs) kind of using it completely wrong and and inappropriately. Uh, So there is definitely some kind of line and i guess the interesting thing is like who who is the authority to really dictate and does tantra really need people to police it um the same with yoga it's like does does yoga need to be defended does tantra need to be defended what's there to defend who is Uh, you know an authority to defend something and who is to say what is right or wrong like if consciousness is choosing to uh, be radically free and liberated and express itself through someone with a total (laughs) ego complex uh calling some weird stuff tantra and promoting that and you know like who who is to say that that is essentially you know right or wrong or you know um all that's happening is that it's happening (laughs) so yeah it's it's a really interesting thing to to witness what's happening um to try to figure out like what's a way to navigate it and whose place is it really and like does it really matter at the end of the day um I know I feel within myself just this motivation to want to uh try to use the terms as correctly as possible to provide, um, as much education, I guess, around it as possible, um, to try to, you know, move towards calling things correctly. Like if I'm doing sacred sexuality, call it sacred sexuality. Um, if I'm, you know, not <laughs> including any traditional tantra in my workshop, don't use the word tantra and uh, that type of thing that, Yeah, it's it's a bit hard um, when I see other people doing it to be like, is it my place to step in and say something? Am I the authority of tantra? Is anyone else like, does that person have a right to call that person out for it? I don't know. Do do any of us have a right? Um, But I'm really curious to see what happens in the coming years around this, because more and more people are studying classical tantra, like the group that... I'm in with my school is getting bigger and bigger. Um, you know, there's thousands of people now that are, you know, reading the original books and doing courses with, um, teachers that are bringing back traditional Tantra. So I think it is having a revival. Um, and in a way the Neo Tantra scene has kind of paved the way for this revival of the more authentic classic Tantra. Um, And now there's a new fusion between Neo-Tantra sacred sexuality stuff and traditional Tantra. So there's something even different kind of coming out that is like a new fusion. That's a new lineage um, that actually has its roots more in the traditional lineages as well as in this kind of modern sacred sexuality path. Um, So yeah, I guess time will tell what is going to happen next in this, you know, modern tantric uh, saga. (laughs) So yeah, I'd love to hear people's feelings and feedback. Like, how do you feel about what is happening? Um, How do you feel about the use of the word tantra? Has it triggered you seeing the way that I use it or the way someone else uses it. And also, you know, when I was making this post the other day, uh, this that's in my blog as well around this new wave, I'm like, yeah, we need a name. (laughs) Like we need a new name. That's not Neo Tantra. Um, Because, oh, yeah, this is another point just to quickly add as well, like, uh, you know, Neo Tantra these days, like isn't just sacred sexuality, like sacred sexuality is a part of it, but there's so many other more like therapeutic and primal deconditioning and um, psychotherapy and archetypal work and all these other elements tied in, it's not just sexuality work. So, um, and now it's like kind of, yeah, taking a new form as well. There's something new birthing. So we're like kind of putting it out there like, oh, what's the new word going to be like? what What's the new Neo Tantra? Uh, so if anyone has a amazing uh, spark of inspiration around what that could be called like not something that's uh you know someone's business name that they've trademarked but something uh, as a name for this whole movement uh then you know let us know if you come up with that <laughs> all right much love thanks for listening and see you next time Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it inspiring. You can connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and through my website, centralartistry.com and centralarts.school, where you can get some freebies and sign up to my mailing list to stay in touch. Hope to see you again soon.